Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. If you're hungry for sports knowledge, you're in the right place. Going to be here till uh, 3 o'clock today. Then 3HL will get you home the rest of the way with uh, Brent and Ron and Don and Don and Ron and Brent and that whole crew. Um, so, Titans fans, Alex, I think you summed it up great. Most fans, when they put on their GM hat, their whole idea is like fantasy football. We run it like fantasy football. So, so we want just all of the best players. We want all the players that we like. We're not the names about money. we know, right? We want people that we know. So, who's this guy? I don't know this. Sometimes your team signs. You know, they trade Doriel Green Beckham for the Undertaker, who turns out to be a fantastic player for your team for the next <laughs> few years and plays on playoff winning teams and plays a valuable role. So sometimes there are people you aren't very excited about who turn out to be great acquisitions. Other times you get Jadavian Clowney and halfway through the year, he just has to shut it down. You know, Vic Beasley, who I, I don't even know. I don't even know if he knows how many games he suited up for, for the <laughs> Titans. So sometimes you get the big names and it doesn't pan out. There's not a lot, you know, there's no more tread on the tires or, uh, you know, maybe their motivation has waned or maybe their body is just breaking down. It could be any number of things, but uh, a lot of Titans fans wanting to play GM, wanting to get that trade done for Julio Jones. Ian Rappaport, was he on the Pat McAfee show? Is that where he was? Pat McAfee yeah. show. This, this timetable may not be what Titans fans want to hear. This is what he said. So you're right. Obviously today is sort of a, well, Today at four is a big deadline, and for a couple oh, teams, okay. Broncos, for instance, they get uh, you know some salary cap relief, and will probably allow some teams to sign some more rookies. Okay. I just don't know that it's going to be like I hang up the phone with you. I mean, watch it probably won't. Well, you I did hang that up last the phone time. with you, and Julio gets traded. I don't think it's going to be because it's not a real deadline. Like it's like a cap deadline, but Julio's not showing up in Atlanta anyway, so it's not like they need to do it. Like the only real deadline to me is training camp. So, like, a deal could get done this week, sure. Um, Falcons didn't trade him before the draft, so if they're going to be, you know, holding out for a better pick, if they're going to be that patient, like, they may not trade him this week either. Um, but this is sort of the first opportunity we have to see, like, does some team go, we're going to upper offer a little bit, we're going to do the deal, we're going to make sure we get him, and we're just going to move on there. It's like the first chance we get to see that. I don't know. So, it's kind of like... It's kind of like Isaiah Wilson, though, uh, or uh, Jadavian Clowney, rather. The waiting until training camp kind of gives me a little PTSD in the same way that, you know, uh, Caleb Farley gave me the, you know, gave all Titans fans the Isaiah Wilson flashbacks, you know, just hoping that they hit on that. Um, I mean, I think that makes a big difference, though, coming in to learn the playbook. I mean, you're Isaiah Wilson or, or, you know, Jadavian Clowney playing a position where it's not quite as difficult. I mean, I'm not a defensive end. I can't say for sure. But you would think learning the playbook, I mean, would be a little bit of you know, impetus to get that going. The other thing, too, just gaining more chemistry as much as you can with the guys, whether it's stuff that you're doing as part of these organized team activities or if it's stuff where you're on the team and acquired and Ryan Tannehill and the receivers go to pick your name here, high school, and they throw to each other. All that could start as soon as he was brought into the fold officially. Well, and we've got, I know we've got Wes Rucker, but let me make one final point to conclude that. And we can talk about this later. I don't know how much say Arthur Smith has in Atlanta. I don't. The relationship between him and the GM, you know, is it Belichickian where he has a ton of say, um, you know, kind of Ray Bull, Robinson partnership? I don't know. But you would think just in the back of his mind, 
he'd never be able to say this, but if his team doesn't win the Super Bowl, wouldn't he like seeing Julio go to Tennessee and maybe it puts them over the top, right? Does, that has to play some sort of subconscious human element factor in all of this. Just a thought. Let's, uh, let's bring Wes Rucker in and get his thoughts on a whole bunch of stuff. At Wes Rucker 247, senior, senior writer. I wrote that down to make sure I said it for Go Vols 247. Wes, I saw this earlier. You were uh, really slandering the Central Time Zone on Twitter, and uh, I don't know if the Central Time Zone is going to stand for that kind of talk. Yeah, that's an ongoing war that's happened for about, I don't know, 15 to 20 years now. And uh, as evidenced by my senior role, uh, senior senior uh, writer title. But, you know, my wife's actually sort of half from D.C., half from Nashville, and, and she's also a, a central time zone nerd. So, the uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a battle that, that, that gets fought pretty pretty religiously around here. I just – the thing that gets me is sports. Because if a game starts at, you know, 7, 8 o'clock here, that means it's starting at 8 or 9 o'clock in the eastern time zone. I just don't know how people function living that way, having to stay up late to watch ball games every night, like I already do. Well, I'll tell you this much: we don't, we don't have, we've not been blessed with kids just yet. So uh, th- this is a kid-free house, and I usually work at night. So um, you know, selfishly, it, it it makes no difference to me at all because I can you know go to bed late and get up a little bit later. But uh, for other people, I could see how that might be an issue. I just, I guess, I'm just a selfish person. <laughs> no, man, that just means. <laughs> That just means you're a night owl and you know what you like. There's no problems with that. A lot of balls fans like this, they get a number three seed. They host their first regional since 2005. They have been on a heck of a run this year. Yeah, they have. And, and, and you know, what's interesting is early this year, it, it looked like the, the, the team was doing all right. You know, it, it was winning games. Things were looking pretty good. Um, but if you were watching the games, you'd realize that there were a lot of guys on that team who were not playing anywhere near as well as they should be playing. You had some yeah. power hitters who weren't hitting out of the park. You know, you had some pitchers who weren't quite doing everything they needed to do yet. Um, and, and you had a preseason All-American in Max Ferguson who was hitting like 220 or so there for a while. Uh, and you just kept wondering, you know, if these guys will start doing what they can do, they're going to go from good to really, really good if that happened. And, and there was no guarantee that it would happen. But it did happen for the most part, and, and Tennessee went from being a good team to a great team and a team that, in my opinion, has a chance to compete for a championship. On with the rest, Wes Rucker, Go Vols 24-7. Hey, Wes, Alex Apple filling in for Blaine today. And I'm curious, I mean, are you surprised at all at the level of speed at which Vitello's, you know, kind of attained this level of success i think you look at this falls team right there's probably nobody that's higher than a third or fourth round draft pick on it right i mean think about when uh, if tony vitello stays he gets some real dogs i mean are you surprised that they've progressed along at that speed even without you know some of there's no jack lighter there's no kumar rocker coming out of that locker room but here they are well sure i mean i i think the answer is is surprised no, not really. Sh- or shocked, no. Surprised, yes. I mean, I, I think that um, the, the, there's a bit of, uh, you know, Max Ferguson's a guy who could be a second-round pick or so this year. I think guys like Tidwell, uh, the Nashville boy, or one of the Nashville boys, and um, Beck, the outfielder, could be first-round picks next year. But generally speaking, you're right. I mean, there's no, you know, last season was the year when they had Crochet, right? And, and Solari and Zach Daniels and those guys. And I think that team had every chance of doing something almost like what this year's team has done. 
it just it just never got the chance to because SEC play never happened. But I thought it was going to be a good team. This season, you lose three guys in the top four rounds of the MLB draft, and I'm thinking, well, okay, they're going to be good, but will they be great? I don't know. And then two of their four most talented pitchers probably, Jackson Leith, who was going to be the Friday night ace, and Ben Joyce, who's like a 98 thrower out of the bullpen, those guys both go out with season-ending injuries really before the season even starts, and you're going, yeah. Now I think they're just kind of going to be okay. They're going to be good. Uh, they got enough hitters there, but I don't think they have the pitching. Well, I mean, they found a way to have the pitching. I mean, I think they lead the SEC in ERA. They never walk anyone. Uh, they, they put the ball in play. They just do what good teams do. You know, they, they, they don't give up free bases. They take free bases. They steal bases. They get on base at a high clip, which Billy Bean would love. They just play a winning brand of baseball, and there's a belief in that team that they can do something special. And you, you could say that thing doesn't matter because everybody's always optimistic going into every season. But this team, time and time and again, has found ways to win games and series. I didn't think it would win. So I've stopped being surprised at this point, right? I just – I mean, I, I expect them to go out and do good things now. Of course, the NCAA gave them just an absolutely brutal region. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you reward the number three overall team, but that kind of a bracket. But, but they did, um, and that's what this team's got to go do. But, hey, this team's really good, and it shouldn't complain too much. I'll tell you what I like about it. And now I like college baseball. I went to TCU. That team was good. Tony Patello was the coach there while I was there. Um, you know, and each year, if a, you know, a team I'm interested in is good, I, I, I find a, an interest. I think Major League Baseball, and this is a real soapbox issue for me. I love playing fantasy baseball, but I can barely watch Major League Baseball. My Reds aren't that good. And I think the caliber of, you know, what you just mentioned, Wes, getting on base, moving runners over, playing a winning brand of baseball is so rare now in Major League Baseball. It is a strikeout or a homer. Jacob deGrom for the Mets has struck out 47% of the batters he's faced this year. That is embarrassing. I think it's so refreshing yeah, it, to see a brand of baseball like that. It's got me tuning in. I would much rather watch the Vols or Vanderbilt or TCU play right now then I would flip on the Cardinals and Mets game on Sunday Night Baseball. I mean, have you – do you, know, you see all, any of that? I know you're yeah, a baseball I've always guy, loved, Yeah, I've always loved college baseball. You know, I've, I've been around the sport practically my whole life from when I was young. I'm a baseball guy from a baseball family. I love the sound of that ping also. I mean, I love the crack of a wooden bat as much as anyone. But I also like that ping a little bit. It's a little different ping than it used to be back in those drop five – you know, you know, you had barrels the size of a, you know, tractor trailer days. It's a little different <laughs> now. Um, but, but, but now it, it's, I like the sport. And I'll tell you, though, in fairness to the major league guys, they are paid usually to hit the ball out of the ballpark and not drop down sacrifice bunts. You know, they're paid a lot of money usually to do those things. So I understand from their completely from their perspective why they're doing what they're doing. Um, and, and I don't always love sacrifice bunts, um, but there is a time and a place for it. Like first and second, nobody on, that's when you do it. Times like that. You know, I, I think there's – but there is a camaraderie in college baseball that is unique. You know, if you've ever seen, like, the way teams kind of put everything to the side, MLB teams do when the playoffs start, and it really becomes about the team then, and you have starters going to the bullpen, bullpen guys starting if they need to, you know, different guys moving around at different places, different positions to, to get things going. You know, a lot of guys, you know, go from team me to team over me once the postseason starts. That's kind of how college baseball is throughout the year. You know, college baseball throughout the year kind of has that 
sort of MLB minds or playoff mentality where it's kind of, you know, it, it's not a group of players against a group of players. It's one team against one team. And, and, and I really, really like that. And I think it's long overdue. You know, the Tennessee fan base is, is a really good fan base. It's a, one of the bigger fan bases around. And now that this fan base is getting another taste of what the rest of the SEC gets in baseball every year, I think that's a great combination. And I think that's going to add something else to the league. And I think it's going if, to, if this thing with Tennessee stays like this, uh, you know, which is easier said than done in this league. But I just think you combine this fan base with the general passion that you get in SEC baseball for most other places. And I think that's going to be really, really fun because th- there's, a, there's a chip on the shoulder of this fan base and there's a chip on the shoulder with this particular baseball team. And they've kind of come together and formed a, a pretty, pretty tough unit there. Wes Rucker hanging out with us uh, from Go Vols 24-7. I told the story last week. Um, I went to a graduation, high school graduation party, and I had another thing that I had to go to, a kid's birthday party down the street from my house. And at both of those things, Wes, at least three different people asked me, is my toe gone, man? Is my toe gone? Tell me if my toe's not gone. Vol fans are genuinely terrified that he is going to be gone some way or another. Uh, you know, they should be maybe, I don't know if I would say terrified, but they, they should be a little bit alarmed. You know, I mean, you got places like, you know, LSU, which is, in my opinion, the best job in college baseball, that vacancy's open. Then you've got, you know, Texas A&M, where I'm pretty sure they just have their own printing press there and they just print their own money <laughs> down there at a and M. I I mean, they've got, you know, oil money flowing in left and right through that university. They They are... Uh, uh, people around the SEC who don't know a lot about A&M, I think, would be shocked, uh, some of them, if they knew just how much money there was in College Station. Um, and, and they can throw around a lot of it. they got nice facilities. Uh, you can recruit in that state. That's a really nice job. And, and so those are just two of them um, that are out there open right now. And we'll see if some others come available. Um, you know, if somebody else takes that LSU job or A&M job, for instance, that could kind of create a domino effect. And bottom line is, uh, right now in Vitello, you've got one of the most sought after, one of the most prized young coaching prospects in the game. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who um, I've always said that you can win big at Tennessee in baseball, and I think you're foolish if you don't see it that way. But it hadn't been done in, you know, what, 13, 14 years. And, and even a guy like Dave Serrano, who I still contend is the best hire on paper Tennessee has made probably since I've been here in any sport, and it didn't work. So you, you wonder – okay, was I wrong about this? Did I sort of inflate maybe what this program could do? It turns out, no, that wasn't the case. You can win here. But Vitello has been the guy who did it, and he's a guy whose players love him. I mean, it's kind of that cliche, but, I mean, his players, you know, they either call him Tony or V, and they will run through a brick wall for the guy. You know, he's young and, and single. He's married to the game, as he says. His life is about baseball and about his players and recruiting and going out there and finding out ways to win games. And they, they play with a kind of an, a passion and an emotion. Uh, it's contagious. And, and he's the guy who um, is quite frankly in the middle of all of it. He's kind of the, the straw star in that drink. So, yeah, I mean, people will come after him. My mind probably will. And LSU, you could hire anyone there. Um, but I do believe Vitello is high on their list. So, yeah, I mean, it, what it comes down to is does Tony Vitello – want to go to a place where you know you can win championships, um, but you're not the first to do it? Or do you want to come to a place, stay at a place where you can maybe try to build an empire and really kind of be 
the, the just the face of the program and your own guy here? And I think that's the, 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 the question that he's got to ask himself because the administration will play ball, I think. I think they will give him more money. I think they will look into making some facility upgrades that they desperately need because only Mizzou's got a worse stadium in the league. Um, But if everybody comes together on this, they have a chance to keep him. But I I would by no means say that it's a a sure thing, especially if a place like LSU calls. Well, Wes, uh, Wes Rucker from GoVols 24-7 with us. How expensive are we talking is that? I mean, winning becomes expensive in any sport. In basketball and football, you have to invest in um, your facilities and your people in order to keep them there, the people that brought the winning culture there. I mean, to Tennessee, is this a, a huge Herculean undertaking? The athletic department has had um, you know, some losses in the past year, or I mean, is this something that people around Knoxville look at as very feasible and, and simply a matter of something that has to be done? I mean, where are we on the scale of um, you know, bringing this to fruition or making this a reality? Well, I'll tell you the other the other sort of factor there that you didn't mention, but it's also a big one is this is one of the first big litmus tests for Danny White as athletic director. You know, this is a guy who, you know, he he, he went after some guys in the football search, didn't quite pan out, ended up going with the guy who works for him at UCF, Josh Heupel, who was a fine hire. Nothing, you know, he's not really moving the meter a ton, but he's a guy who, you know, he's won a lot of football games. He's a good young coach and, and a guy who plays a, an exciting brand of offense. So I, I don't time will tell whether that search ended up in the right place or not. We'll see. Um, but this is a big, big test coming up. And this is one of, can you get the people in, in the money people together? Can you get the administration together? And can you make um, the right kind of offer with money and facility promises and things to, to keep a coach like that around? Because I think all things equal, I think Vitello is really happy. You know, the guy has a, has a condo in downtown Knoxville. He could practically be the mayor here right now. You know, he's, he's, he's a happy guy who's only a couple years older than me, um, and, and it looks younger than me, actually, because he's in great shape. Um, but, but he, you know, he, he loves life, and he likes being here. But I think at Tennessee, somewhere around 650 or so, something he makes now. And I've been told LSU, for the right coach, would go up to like 1.8 or 1.9 million. So that is a gargantuan raise, and, and, and that would be um, – I don't know if Tennessee would go to that level, but, you know, I, I, we'll see, you know. And, and I don't know that necessarily if Vitello really wants that LSU job, um, they wouldn't have to offer him that much money to, to get him probably, but, but we'll see. I, I just think that it's going to come down to with Vitello, people around him insist to me, they insist, he is nice. But this is a young guy with no kids and no wife right now. So he, he makes good money, and he's fine with that. What he wants is a culture of baseball at Tennessee where you've got the stadium looking to be one of the better ones in the league, where you've got fans there on a consistent basis like they have been this year. You have just kind of a culture where baseball is prioritized the way it is, say, in a lot of the SEC West schools, if I'm being honest. They, they – they have put a lot of money into baseball there. I mean, Tennessee's facility would be one of the decent ones in the ACC or, or Big Ten or Big 12. It's the number 13 stadium in the league. Only Mizzou's is worse. And you've got, like, Mississippi State where you've got, like, a triple-A ballpark. You've got other places in the league where you've got double-A ballparks. You know, Vandy's isn't big, but it's newer than Tennessee's, and it's a little nicer. You know, that, that, there's some things there that they've got to get done, and I think that's what Vitello cares about is – can he build a culture at Tennessee that would make him say, I'm glad I didn't take some of these other jobs? And, and that's a question that, 
really between him and the administration at Tennessee and, and the wealthy boosters, they're going to have to come to an agreement on whether they can make that happen. Well, it's great stuff, man. Always great catching up with you. Fun talking baseball. This state has got it going on right now between Vandy and the Vols. And you hope Vitello stays, too, because that could be a fantastic uh, rivalry for a long, long time, which would be fun for college baseball fans in this state, man. Thank you for the time. We appreciate it. I agree. And I've been saying it for years, man. There are baseball players in this state more than any other sport, really, that I know of. There are baseball players in this state. There are plenty to share. ETSU, MTSU, others do it well, too. This is this, this is good times for baseball in the state. Absolutely. At West Rucker 247, hey, college guys making visits again. You want to find out who's going to be visiting UT, uh, Go Vols 247 is your spot. Thanks, Wes. We appreciate you. Thanks, Wes. Anytime, y'all. Anytime.